Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment, but running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hello. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about, well, a really fun video game and then a couple of conventions that have either happened or will be happening. Joe will talk about the foundation and whether or not he is pissed off at it. Oh, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we might get to that more, but we will definitely get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Side note, I think Joe is always angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, our, he's our Hulk. That's right. Uh, find us on our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have blogs, podcasts, and more. More? Uh, or just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Or if you just see a big, you know, cloud of smoke, that's usually the anger coming from Joe's ears. Oh, yeah, yeah. The steam rising mm-hmm. from his angry brow. You can call me Joe Ruffalo. Joe oh, Ruffalo. I like it. <laughs> well, uh, let's not bury the lead then, Joe. You, um, you've been watching The Foundation. Oh, you bet I have. Both you and your father. And when we last left, uh, your father was very intrigued by what was happening in the third episode. You not so much because they essentially detracted from the first two episodes, made no mention of it whatsoever and now we're on to the fourth episode and now my thoughts on this just by going off of not having seen it at all but the first two episodes dealt with one thing and then they completely disregard it i would have to imagine that the next two episodes would deal with the next thing that they had brought up and maybe still wouldn't talk about those first two things that's right all right Uh, yeah i don't know i I really want to like this show i had high hopes it's not bad I would definitely recommend to watching it. In this episode, they kind of dealt with that uh, second storyline they introduced mm-hmm. on the planet. Because this is a world-building show about the end of collapse of humanity. But I think these shows have a problem with getting wrapped up in themselves and not really realizing what makes a show fun to watch. Okay. If that makes sense. Especially if you're going to do a really highbrow, mathematical, scientific you know, take on the end of the universe kind of a thing. Yeah. We're in this episode, and now they're doing every sci-fi tropey thing that you can do where the satellite goes down, and you know, you're know you following a kid who's leading you to an abandoned ship that you, that's been salvaged, and oh, hey, there are bad people here, and oh, hey, they've been here the whole time because they have technology. They can't attack us, though. We don't have any weapons, and I'm the strong, fast main character, or steadfast main character who's been right the whole time, but people won't listen to me because I'm new and edgy. Ah, uh, so just, it's lit- like, yeah, you just you just hit like three or four tropes right there. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, guys, what was <laughs> cool about this when I started watching it is that you were blowing crap up in space, and there was this really <laughs> interesting political <laughs> dynamic about people who clone themselves, yeah. which is still in it. They're still doing that part, and that part's great. But I go back to the weaving that Game of Thrones did that made it so good. I can't be bored by one of the storylines. Because every time it comes up, I'm going to just zone out. And that's how I feel the show is right now. I like two-thirds of it. And then I get to the part where they're like, all right, sci-fi trope. 
friends and family. Are you ready? <laughs> Boom. And then you're like, okay, I can tune out for 10 minutes. Uh, okay. So that's where you're at there with that, it. That's where I'm at. Uh, the budget's obviously gone down in these last two episodes a little bit. Yeah, I think they're going to front load those things to get people hooked as well. Which is fine. Again, yeah. they got me, right? <laughs> so it clearly works. Um, but I am still hopeful that when they get deeper into the actual story, that it will kind of pan itself out because obviously we are in the world building part of the show as I, yeah. I talked about a little bit. Um, so it's going to be hard. I think the thing that's jarring for me is that I have two episodes of one main character and now two episodes of another main character and I'm kind of split in terms of like where do I want my passions to align and how should I, how invested should I be in a character kind of a thing. Yeah. And just like in Game of Thrones, you kind of learn not to get too invested in characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and it makes sense in something like that as well too because you've got this big grand arc like scope of a show and this is an epic scope of a show uh, some people aren't going to be able to make it like yeah. not everyone's going to be able to make it you know kind of like when you kill off one of your main characters in the second episode and then not talk about it for the next <laughs> two episodes going to make me kind of not know <laughs> why what you bringing the bold stuff Joe right <laughs> luckily there is light at the end of this tunnel mm. at the end of this last episode they came back to that uh, that cliffhanger that they had in the second episode with the original main character oh, okay and we see her again so we are going to go back to that, it looks like, in the fifth episode. I say that. <laughs> and you have no idea. They might go into a whole third other thing. Who knows? I would have thought <laughs> at the end of the third episode we got resolution on. So and, who knows? And next week when we talk to Joe, we'll see how out he is at that point. Exactly. <laughs> I will say, though, I do love it. They kind of try to do the Game of Thrones thing where they throw in a sex scene every episode. Because right. they're like, what if Fair we enough. just throw in a nice little sex scene here for the people? <laughs> and I'm like, this is... you got to cover all your bases. Game of Thrones was cool and they did it because it was hilarious. Because it was just <laughs> awkward and gross and like just things hanging everywhere for no reason. <laughs> this is more trying to be tasteful and I'm like, eh, we don't, eh, yeah. <laughs> so at least in the far future that uh, the sex is tasteful. That's right. <laughs> uh, keeping you around here, Joe, uh, talking Magic the Gathering quickly. Uh, it was, uh, gosh, about a week and a half ago or so that the Magic had their championships. Yes, the world championship of Wizards of the Coast. Best game, in my opinion. Magic and the Gathering. <laughs> Magic the Gathering. And they, um, they're pushing right now obviously the uh, the latest midnight hunt set and it's a smaller standard set right now and that's what they've been playing correct yes and so coming out of that what are your thoughts on just uh, the term the state of the game right now because like you were talking about it's kind of a, a, a solved format when it comes down to a smaller set. Yes, and so exactly. how is it going? Uh, it's going fantastic, as it turns out. Um, I wouldn't have told you that based on the decks that were registered to play the event. Mm -hmm. um, about half of them had a mythic rare uh, that allows you to take extra turns. Oh, are they, are they, they're pushing the, the take extra turn mythic rares again? It's a small set. And when that happens, the pillars that hold up certain decks tend to be the most powerful and Mythic rares. I don't want to say they're always mythic rares, but there are a lot of times mythic rares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, as it turns out with the results that that card, although being powerful and did have copies of it in the best deck that won the tournament, didn't actually dominate as much as people thought it was going to. Really? Yeah. Uh, the aggro decks, mono green and mono white, uh, performed well. There was uh, the two final decks were actually a dragons-based deck and a... Wow. Well, I guess sort of also dragons-based deck, uh, <laughs> teamer and uh, red-blue which was nice, and both those decks were not in the majority of the Epiphany decks, which is the Mythic Rare that lets you take extra turns. Mm. So it, it actually ended up played out pretty well. Um, I think that for a small set, and based on the standard set uh, standards formats we've had recently, it was a breath of fresh air because <laughs> so much had just been dominated by uh, Eldraine cards that had been released that it just, it, you know, it's... 
when you have a card that shocks a creature and also becomes a 4-3 creature and other stuff like that, it's hard. There's just so much card advantage layered in that mechanic that it ended up taking over standard because standard tends to be a little less powerful. Uh, so, you know, we got to watch a lot of uh, great magic. Uh, my pick, uh, PV, did not win the tournament. So I oh, did not really? get the uh, best rewards I could have from that program. <laughs> oh, that's right. They were doing that. He was performing so well. He was 4-1 and I think a 4-2 at one point and then proceeded to lose many matches in a row. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how the, the, the game of Magic works on that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's a great player. I played against him in a couple of GPs. Nice guy. You yeah. Know? So I got to pick the guy that, you know, has defeated me before. So that way I can say <laughs> the guy that defeated me that one time won the world champion. I think. Yeah, I, right. Yeah. Totally. That's how that works. I think he's already been a world champion. I believe he has his own Magic card already. I, I think so too, yeah. Um, uh, the three one. Oh, I can never remember its actual name because all I think is Paulo when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Um, Magic is going to have this short standard format for not much longer because if you know, they've been releasing a ton of sets. That's mm. Magic's big thing nowadays. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. You pick a number, they're going to throw them out there. Well, and even like it's a good point that you bring up too, because obviously the sets are going to be working for the standard thing, but they're even thinking outside the box. We've seen the secret lair stuff, and they've just announced uh, that they're going to be doing a Stranger Things secret lair. Yes, and they've announced two new cards out of that. They've got uh, Chief Jim Hopper and Eleven, comma the Mage, which is mm. kind of fun on that end. And uh, so it's interesting to see where they're going with those because these now they've have a thing called like. Like the list where some of these cards from these secret layers will be available in the future. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see them doing this. And I don't know exactly how they're going to be doing that in the future, but I mean, it stands to see how they're going to be putting these into uh, into actual sets. If they're going to be actual cards or like renamed like they did with the Godzilla set. Yeah, I would generally imagine that's going to be the case. Or they're going to be special prints on Arena because they've been doing Arena specific cards as well. Okay, yeah, that makes some sense. So it's a lot of fun in terms of like, I love the fact that Magic has been going along, going strong for so many years, like multiple decades at this point, and they're finding ways to make it vibrant, but also keeping the core game um, at what it is, and it's still that competitive fantasy beat 'em up. Yeah, and I think a lot of the players uh, were very satisfied with this particular take on the championship because the limited format also was good. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a whole lot of like, oh my gosh, you can't play this color or you can't play this archetype. And we did get three rounds of that at the beginning of each day. Which was funny because the world champion went 0-3 yes. on the draft and then just ran just ran the gauntlet on the standard version, which usually if you're 0-3 at the beginning of it, it's time to drop, like I would do, and just go home and uh, eat some uh, Frosted Flakes or something. Oh, I feel you. I mean, <laughs> especially that kind of mental swing. And he had said in multiple interviews that he thought he was the best constructed player and that he had found the best deck. And proves. It proves it on that he didn't one. lose a match. So a match after that, yeah, he didn't wow, lose a single match. Yeah, he didn't. So that's amazing. And proofs in the pudding, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I still love, still love magic. Still love it going out there. And uh, it, you can go and play it at an LGS, but at the same point in time, you can just play at home with Arena too. Yeah, I highly recommend to go to a pre-release in person and play otherwise on your phone. Just you know, to get a little yeah. repetition, understand what the game's like, because it's really. I mean, I was surprised. I recently got a new phone, so I can actually play the game on my mobile device now. <laughs> Fancy ass. And yeah, I have no problems with it. Uh, it's shocking how good it runs. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, speaking of gaming, we've got our good friend here, Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. You can find all of that information and uh, some other fun stuff too. But uh, let's talk some video games and uh, some conventions with him. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and. Reviewed. 
review. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, how how are people uh, reacting to Back for Blood? Well, so far, the reaction's been pretty favorable, depending on who you ask. You have a lot of people in the media uh, will say, well, it's fun, but it's kind of more of a nostalgic throwback. You'll have others say, well, it's not really breaking any new ground. And the gameplay and the general public seems to indicate that people are embracing it. And, Mm, you know, my take on it is you have to put this in a proper context. These are the folks who made Left 4 Dead. And, you know, Valve may be the one who released Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, but this studio are the folks who started the franchise. So when it was announced, immediately everybody said, well, it's Left 4 Dead 3. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) Yes, the gameplay is similar, but the creatures are slightly different. Uh, You know, it's I'm not giving anything away. It's in the game trailers. Mm -hmm. They're resulting more from a parasitic infection versus the dead rising, so on and so forth. And yeah, you've got the four player co-op, but you have more characters to choose from. You have the card system that, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to it where you can say, Oh, I want more stamina. I want more offensive. I want this. I want that. You can, you know, acquire new cards. There's the cosmetics and the customizations of the weapons, which, again, not my thing so much. My attitude is that I go out there with the gun that I have, and I there's plenty of weapons that are available along the way. I pick them up as needed because many times your gun runs dry, and you're basically going, do I want to take them on with a machete <laughs> until I can find refills? Or, oh, oh, look, here's an assault rifle right here. Why don't I just take that because it's... It's loaded and ready to go. And, you know, for me, that's what I like about it. I look at it and say, okay, you know, are they cutting-edge graphics? No. Is it original uh, gameplay? No. But then again, what is? I mean, right now, yeah, exactly. You knew going in it was essentially a Left 4 Dead style of game that is updated. Now, I look at it and go, we've had plenty of co-op zombie games since then. Call of Duty has got the zombie modes. But... If you are a fan of Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, I look at it as the next evolution. It's it's engaging. There's certainly a lot of missions to it, and it's a lot of fun. And while people may say, oh, well, you know, the gameplay is kind of dated and da da da, you, you know what's coming going in. Oh, yeah, and absolutely, as I said, yeah. I don't see how you could be a fan of Left 4 Dead and not at least have a enjoyable time with us. I mean, sure, you get people that could say, I'd rather have a Left 4 Dead 3 with a more direct continuity of the story. It's still a very fun and engaging experience. And I think down the line, it's going to be really interesting to see what are we going to get in terms of DLC? What are we going to get in terms of new missions? And I personally look at it like this. We've waited forever for a Left 4 Dead 3, and outside of the officially sanctioned modded new episode that we got last year, there's been nothing in that franchise for ages. And I'd rather have this than nothing at all, because it is definitely (laughs) a lot of fun. I hear you on that one. Now, New York City Comic Con happened this last weekend, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of that. What I was really surprised with is right off the bat, we got... Sci-Fi Channel was very actively involved. We got a look at Resident Alien 2, uh, Season 2, which was really happy and unexpected. As the show went on, we got things like a look at Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Prodigy. Why the Last Man, which is the new series based on the graphic novel. Um, 
Chucky. They they dropped the premiere episode. Sam oh, Hewen nice. came in and they dropped the uh, teaser trailer for season six of Outlander. So you could see there was a little more than people had expected. I think some people went in saying whatever we get panel wise is going to be a bonus. Uh, William Shatner was all in the news for his space flight. <laughs> yep. Was there talking about it and, you know, was on stage and, you know, you had the people doing the autographs and I know some people were upset about it because they uh, had the plastic partition between them for the side by side, or if you were facing them to get an autograph, they had the little barricades and you slid the thing underneath the slot, like a bank teller window and all of that. And <laughs> I thought it was funny because some people were very clever about it. Sam Hewn, uh, customized his at the end. He apparently wrote out, you know, he autographed it and they, they gave it away to, to people in a raffle. And so as it went on, it was a lot more than I think people expected. And everything I heard was that, like, for example, there was some news that came out that some people were being lax with the mask mandate. And then there was some talk that they booted. They, I still haven't found out who it was, but I heard that a major vendor was removed from the hall because they refused to follow the mask mandate. And the company basically said, we're not playing around. And what was beautiful about it was after the convention, a lot of people wrote in and you know how there's always people complaining about conventions <laughs> saying that they were extremely yeah, right. happy that the parent company Repop not only put on the show properly, but kept people safe. And they said it was fantastic. And, you know, for the local audience, this is going to bode well for the future because they're the folks that are going to be behind Emerald City Comic Con. Mm -hmm. They're the folks that have involvement in PACs. And, you know, looking forward, we've got Star Wars Celebration coming next year. Uh, you know, C2E2, they have tons of conventions that they're behind. And, you know, people forget, we've discussed this, they were the last ones to put on shows before this everything went crazy. They pulled off C2E2, they pulled off PAX East right before all the shutdowns came. And, you know, from what I've heard, a lot of people have said they very clearly have seen how do we do these shows, keep things under safe guidelines, and they have ramped it up. And people have said, you know what, it, it was a good experience. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what San Diego Comic-Con is going to do with their November mini showcase, which is, you know, moving ahead over Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm also really curious to see how many studios are going to jump in and take part in that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 looking good in those sort of terms, and I mean it's it's one of those things where people need to um, see what they're doing and follow up with all of that. I really love that, and I mean even looking forward to this this weekend, we've got DC Fandom, which is just going to be online, correct? Correct. Okay, it's, good. It's okay, kind of a yeah, it's building from what they had last year, and see, this is also something that everyone is really curious about because. You're going to get, they've already said, you're going to get first looks at Black Adam. You're going to get first look at the Shazam sequel, the Aquaman sequel, and, you know, other films in the DC universe. You're going to get some information on the animated shows, um, uh, movies, and that sort of thing. And then, of course, you also have the video games. I mean, let's not forget, we got a Suicide Squad. Yeah. we got a Gotham Knights game coming. We're going to get some more info on that. And then... Also, look at the CW. You know, we've we've got those shows. 
uh, everything from Doom Patrol to Stargirl to you've got Supergirl wrapping up. You've got The Flash. So we're going to get news on that. And that is really interesting as well, because traditionally, as you know, they used to pretty much have that panel locked up in Ballroom 20 at Comic-Con, and everyone knew Saturday, you know, that was the thing. You know, boom, Stargirl or, uh, you know, Green Arrow and The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I know it's already come out that Wentworth Miller, who for all intents and purposes has kind of retired for a while or pulled back, he's already said he's coming back for an episode as Captain Cold in Legends of Tomorrow. And I know a lot of people who kind of not been watching the show as regularly as they used to said, I'm coming back for this. And, you know, so it'd be interesting to see what else they have. That is very exciting to see all that. Just, I mean, just the rumor mill is always entertaining when it comes down to all that. So I know we'll get a report next week on that. And then finally, Call of Duty. I mean, one of the biggest things always dealing with online games is dealing with cheaters. And finally, they seem to be addressing the new crop of cheaters when it comes down to Call of Duty. Exactly. This one really caught everyone by surprise because it's been no secret that they've talked about it and there have been waves of accounts being banned and that sort of thing. And people tell me, Warzone especially, cheating is running rampant. Now, I I myself generally stay in the current game, uh, you know, the online and the zombie modes and stuff like that. And then when the new one comes out, do the campaign, move on to that. But it's apparently gotten to the point where Activision has said enough is enough and they've gone in and they've launched this new thing called Ricochet, which they're touting as an extremely robust and aggressive anti-cheat system. And so it'll be very interesting, but they talk about kernels, which, uh, you know, as people who follow computer tech knows that these are core elements of computer programming say that they have these systems in place that will identify cheating when it happens and they'll be able to take appropriate actions. Now, I'm very intrigued by this, but I also realize, as we talked about off-air, there have been several anti-cheat programs over the years, and the one consistency is that people always find a way around them. <laughs> yeah, and it means with something along those lines, it needs to be ever-evolving. But the simple fact that they're addressing it at this point, because, yeah, like there have been major issues with uh, with a lot of their games, especially the Battleground games and cheating. So it'll be good, the fact that they're doing it, and they're just going to need to keep up with it. Exactly, and because we all know this is one of the craziest things, is that you'll get a drop on someone, you'll pull a whole clip into them, and they'll stand there and take it, and then bang, one shot, kill you. So you <laughs> sit there, especially in something like Call of Duty that is so customizable, going, do they have an armor system that's just right there with a highly tweaked out gun, or something funny, you know, and then others will say, well, no, 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 it's lag, it's lag, or it's, it's <laughs> the hit detection's never been great in it, and it's like, I have an assault rifle with armor-piercing rounds, I just put a full clip into the guy. He stood there and took it while on fire from a Molotov and one shot killed me. Uh, that's a glitch in the game or, or you know, and it, it'll be crazy because as you've seen it, a new game or a new map will drop and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you know, is there a balance issue here or are these guys carrying over exploits from previous games? And I think that, that I, you know, cynics are going to say, it's just lip service. This cheating is going to continue, and or maybe it'll drop for a couple of weeks, and then people will find ways around it. And I'm like, right, and that's the game. 
the game is they'll find ways around it. Is this system going to be adaptable enough to catch the new exploits and will they continue to support it? And so I'd like to hope that it is more than just, you know, essentially a PR stunt to say, yeah, yeah, we're doing something about it. And, you know, the proof will be in the play. Will we really see improvement? Who knows? Exactly. And uh, I feel that some of those uh, um, things that you were talking about, Gareth, were very oddly specific. Uh, I don't know if you've had to deal with any of that stuff very uh, personally, but it sounds like it. <laughs> oh, it does. You know, and, the, and the thing, too, is that I tell people, you get these, as you know, you've streamed things online and you'll get these, you know, oh, you suck. Your gameplay is really bad. It's like. You got to understand the whole nature of streaming. Some of these so-called streamer celebrities are famous for using what I call stooges. They'll essentially have their friends come in and they'll have a game where the whole idea is these guys are supposed to run around and make them look good by essentially shoot at me, but don't shoot me. And, uh, you know, be, be my bullet sponge. And it's, it's all, it's all in many ways rehearsed that they'll go in, they'll scout out the map. Okay. I got it. And they'll go into a game with, people so they can kind of even if they're not (laughs) stooging it up they know their tendencies when i go in and play these things it's often the very first time i've gone into a map and i am with completely random strangers so what you get is what i see as a natural experience for what someone coming in cold is going to experience you know this is not a rehearsed and so you you know this, you'll see this. You're like, you know, something's not right here. You generally have an idea of how much damage someone should or shouldn't be able to take. (laughs) And then you just go, is this gun just really that bad? Am I missing them? Or is something funny going on here? (laughs) Yep. Always. It's always the kids, man. The kids are wrong. It's all of the above. (laughs) is I think the correct answer. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. You can get updates as quickly as he gets them out there. If you go to that or you can also hit up the social media. Just search for Skewed Interviewed. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky. it's Friday. Do we have movies? Uh, like one big one? Oh, really? Okay. What could quote, that be? Quote, unquote, big one. Okay. Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, this is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to reprise her role. The second time, right? Because I think she's yeah. already done it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, as of now, because this is this is a continuation of, obviously, the story. It has only got 50% on the tomato meter. Obviously, no audience score as of yet. But I do love that she did go to the premiere, kind of dressed like her mother, who was in Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. That was like a nice homage to her mom. If, she, if you don't know Psycho, it's that lady in the black and white screaming in the shower. Ah, you've probably seen the gifs mm-hmm. or the memes. Or the movie. I mean, not everyone has seen the movie. <laughs> you could, I have not seen the movie. You both should be watching this movie. I it's ha- a classic. I saw it in my class in college because we had to. You could and still it was fine. do it. Okay. <laughs> no, but she 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 looked fantastic. She had the blue dress, the hair, and she had like what looks like a shower curtain or a sheet covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just seems like one of those people like you just want to sit down and have a conversation with, and it can be about anything. She's like, can you just talk or like bring up whatever you want, Jamie, and I will listen to you forever because I feel like she's got a story about everything. She's, Probably, yeah. I mean, she's worked with people like Dan Aykroyd before, like. Eddie Murphy, like in the 80s, you know, trading places and even like my girl. Um, I know this is probably not the the big, big ones for her, but those are the <laughs> ones I really like. 
and it's spooky season, and I'm obviously she is in Halloween because like in the whole film franchise. But also she, I know she was in the first season of a really fun show called Scream Queens, mm-hmm. and it was it was I think she ended up playing like the dean of the university where all the murders were taking place. So it was kind of fun to kind of see her in that role. And I I heard that the second season of it was trash, but the first the first season was pretty good. And that's so. the one she was in. Mm-hmm. She just seems like a very accepting, just really awesome human being. Yeah. Uh, it seems like she's going to be in Borderlands as well. I think that I don't know if that was an animated or like a live action that's going on. <sighs> I heard it's like a mix. Okay. So I don't really know what to expect, but yeah, they're going to be making a movie based on Borderlands. We'll see what happens. It's. A video game movie, but it's got a really good, rich history, so maybe it might be worthwhile. And video game movies have great track <laughs> records. Just look oh, at yeah, all um, of them. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's not and not worry about that. And I don't know. The Angry Birds movie was pretty cool. Okay, you stop that. It actually was. It actually did pretty well in the. Uh, well, in all as that. soon as you go see Psycho, I'll go watch Angry Birds. Are you talking to me? Because I've seen Psycho. Damn it! Ha ha, Joe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you go see Psycho. I'll go see Angry Birds. I literally said earlier that I saw it in college. I know. It was. I know. Now I recall this. I remember. A a movie English slash psychology class. It was really weird. And so we had to watch these movies and then get the psychology behind the characters and really deep dive into their minds. Like we watched Adaptation and we also watched Requiem for a Dream. It was not a great scene. Oh, 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 (laughs) gosh. It got got weird. That's intense. Um, And we had to write big essays on them. So (laughs) why did I not graduate college? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But she's been in a lot of things lately. I really love seeing her in more and more things. Like she did uh, like a little quick guest spot, not this past season, but the season before as a character in Archer. Oh, wow. Uh, And she like you wouldn't recognize her. I was like, who is this voice? Oh, okay. Uh, And she so this is Halloween Kills and it looks like next year we're going to be getting Halloween ends and it looks like it's in post production. Really? Yep. Wow. They're just cranking those Mm -hmm. out. And I mean, if it's called Halloween ends, maybe it'll be a finale. Maybe. Until it's successful and then they'll bring it back. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's just like any uh, killer at Halloween. They always come back. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Uh, Another movie. Uh. This one I don't think I've heard much about. Oh, no, yeah, I have, because this is the one. I did not realize this was, like, a time period-y movie because I listened to the commercials on the radio, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, oh, now that I'm seeing them in costume, like, oh, yeah, I do know this movie. Uh, It is called The Last Duel, and this is the one with Adam Driver, Matt Damon, of course, Ben Affleck, because if Matt Damon's in it, probably Ben Affleck Affleck is in it, too. so this is going to be, it's rated R, nudity, because of all that stuff. So maybe don't take the kids. It's 88% on the tomato meter as of now. Not quite certified fresh as of yet. But it's a cinematic and thought-provoking drama set in the midst of a hundred year hundred of the Hundred Years' War that explores the ubiquitous power of men, the frailty of justice, and the strength and courage of one woman willing to stand alone in the service of truth. Based on actual events, the film unravels long-held assumption about France's last-sanctioned duel between... Jean Carros and Jacques Legris, two friends turned bitter rival, bitter, bitter, bitter <laughs> rivals. Carouge is a respected knight known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield, and Legris is a Norman squire whose intelligence and eloquence makes him one of the most admired nobles in the court. So apparently, it's after one of the guys' wives gets assaulted. And he denies it. She refuses to stay silent, and they basically duel it. 
Interesting. And so it's uh, Jean de Corral's is Matt Damon and Jacques is uh, Adam Driver. Ooh. I mean, if you're into the the historical fiction, the historical fiction drama mm-hmm. stuff, um, it seems very interesting. And I mean, like even just the stills or even seeing the trailer, Adam Driver looks very um, uh, serious. Like that's not the right word, but it's a very this is the one that comes to mind with it. But uh, uh, he, he looks fitting in this world. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those like when you see movies like this, it, like especially when they're intending to be serious. So I'm not counting like when Arnold Schwarzenegger did it recently with Jackie Chan that you guys don't even know about because that's how <laughs> bad it was. Um, I feel like like a Matt Damon or Ben Affleck feel out of place. Like when you look at the stills, mm-hmm. and that's just because you're not used to it. There's some actors that just fit. Like you have uh, your Jon Snows of the world. Like whatever he does, he's going to look like he belongs in like the Renaissance, even if he cuts his hair. Like, I don't know. That's just me. But this is another (laughs) Ben Affleck and Matt Damon written story. Yeah, it's very interesting just reading some of it's based off of a book, but reading some of the things on it. Uh, Ridley Scott is uh, the director. And he is a very good director. Again, very serious sort of uh, period piece on that. So, I mean, if you're not in for it on that end, I mean, you can go watch some blow them ups, too. They're still in the theaters as well. Bond. Yes. Bond is still out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's just it for new movies that kind of fit the genre. If you do see any of these, please let us know what you think, or if you see any of the other ones that Yeah, that Venom, Let There Be Carnage is still out there. Mm-hmm. Bond, like we said, so many movies are out there that you can still see in the theater. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>